we are back for the third week in a row i am getting my shit together kind of i feel like it a little bit i'm being a little bit more productive um i have this week and next week episode ready to go they're ready to roll because i will be in chicago next weekend my mom is getting married wedding bells are ringing and so everything's all lined out it's just gonna post at midnight next sunday night and i don't even have to sweat it and that my friends is the best feeling in the entire world um if you're new here hey hi there how do you do welcome i'm so excited that you're here this is deadlifts and daddy issues and as always i am your ceo your founding father your host sometimes my own co-host the birth giver the toxic ex that you don't want to get rid of that you can't let go of that's me baby and i'm back again this week it is me and kim And this episode is honestly just like light and funny and there's some seriousness to it but we're just like laughing and having a good time and talking about our icks and how we'll try anything once. And basically I'm not going to say anything else because this episode is hilarious and I'm so glad that me and Kim just got to get on the mic and hang out. She's a blast. Um, She'll be 40 I believe by the time this posts. So Kim, happiest birthdays to you. I love you so much and I am so grateful that you are in my life and that you have helped my hand through some of the darkest moments um, that I have yet to face and I think you're incredible I think that anybody that has you in their life should count it as a gift you are the most sweetest like self selfless soul that I've ever met and I just think you're wonderful and I could brag about you all day but that's not what the people are here for the people are here to fucking laugh I'm ready to laugh I know the last episodes have been serious and so this is just like haha funny we say some borderline inappropriate they are inappropriate things and it's totally fine because that's just girls hanging out and chilling all right I don't have anything else to say so without further ado here is I'll try anything once. Food boundaries are a big one for me. Oh, yeah, for me too. Like if um, I don't have, there can't be certain foods around me because I'll binge them. Well, and like I think living on your own or living with like a roommate or, you know, a, a spouse or whatever is very different than living with children. Right. Um, not to say that I can't have like healthy foods in my house for my kid because I do, but like I'm also like, real he he is a 10 year old boy and he's going through a growth spurt so he is eating like crazy a lot yes and i cannot afford for him to eat a lot of the organic super healthy foods like yeah balance you know what i'm saying but some of the things that he wants to balance with are like cereal and pop tarts and and i don't mind him having a pack of pop tarts every day i don't actually think there's anything wrong with that but i i don't think that me having a <laughs> Every day is a great thing. Um, you know, how you balance, how you figure out how to balance that. Not to say that I have it all figured out because I certainly do not. But we're getting there, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, um, like, I know that ice cream cannot live in my house. Because I will go every single day and eat ice cream. Oh, see, ice cream is one of my favorite things, too. But I can do a pint of Halo Top every day and make it work in my macros. Um, see, and I'd rather people, do that. I, I love Halo Top. Don't get me wrong. It's, it does not do the same thing for me. Oh, um, no, it's not the same as regular ice cream. For sure. Like, if there's but, Halo Top in my house, I'm not tempted to eat it. Right. 
Same as like those bars, like the like the Yasso bars or whatever. They're good, but they're not the same thing as ice cream. I'm very tempted to get that Ninja Creamy though and see what I can't do with that. Because again, you get to make your own flavor profile as it were. Um, like okay. um, I think Briani um, was saying that she's using like the Fairlife pre-made protein shakes and then bumping it up with an extra scoop of protein to make this like ice cream base or whatever. And it's delicious. And then it's just one, you know, it's one Fairlife shake, which you would have had to drink, but instead you're getting to eat it with a spoon. You know what I'm saying? And there's something about yeah. consuming something like actually having to eat it rather than drinking down a protein shake real fast. Right. Something I I do feel like I need to find. See, that's my thing too. I need to find a powdered protein. And I keep, listen, OG gym rats will know what I'm talking about. Synthe 6, do you remember that in the red tub? Mm-hmm. I love that protein. And... It's not super expensive, but I feel like, I don't know, there's this, like, voice in the back of my head that's, like, it's so old. There are so, there are other brands out there that are probably better for you, but I don't like the flavor. So then get what you like. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's better for you or not. If it, I mean, okay, that's a lie. Like, there are, <laughs> there are things that are better for you that are actually better for you. But I think when it comes to, like, a powdered protein, okay, one might have a few more minerals and one might have a little less sugar and one might have a, you know what I'm saying like yeah. but then is the sugar better for you or is the synthetic sugar better for you like does it at the end of the day is one going to really outweigh the other do we know right you know I, I say love that stuff then I said get it because if you like it you should go with what you like I like the pre-made freaking protein shakes over any powder oh same same. Um, but they're so much more expensive. They are. And, but I, I just, I cannot, like, I, you talk about bad gag. I cannot drink the powdered protein unless it is blended in a blender. <laughs> I am that girl. The shaker cup doesn't do it for me because little chunky guys, bad gag, bad, yep. bad, bad gag. No, I would make mine. So I would do, like, back when I was really on my shit. I did two protein shakes a day and I had two shaker cups and I would make them the night before, shake them really, really good, put them in the fridge, wake up the next morning, shake them really good again so that there were no floaties. Like it was, that's okay. Also off the top of my head, I think one of my like, so spoiler alert, everyone, um, there is works of like shirts and things like, a, I don't want to say a merch line because I feel like that's so cheesy. But there, it's in the works. And I keep telling myself, like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to put bad gag on a shirt. But the amount of people who say that now. Uh, you and should. Sh and shout out to Val for, like, she came up with it 100%. Like, it was her episode that everybody took off with that. But I'm like, I think I need to put hashtag bad gag on a shirt. Oh, absolutely. I buy it. It's hilarious. But, um... I no, I'm the same way. I cannot do that. Like it freaks me out. Like I, <laughs> I was driving to work. This is way back when I was still working at a restaurant. I had like I knew I wasn't gonna eat there because I was like on that super strict diet and all of their stuff was like deep fried or whatever. So I was like, well, I'll just do a protein shake and then I'll like eat whatever when I get home after my shift. And I'm at work. I was on my way to work. Drank one. 
and I get there and I put the other one in the fridge and I go to like like I took it out and I was like I don't know that I shook this well enough and I'm kind of shaking it and I go to drink and then like a chunk had like I felt it like in my mouth oh no ah ah I literally I run because like normal people would just swallow it right like they just swallow the no I ran to the trash can and like Bit, no, it was the sink. I and it was this itty bitty. It was like the itty bitty waitress sink that we used to like wash our hands. Ran over it and I instantly spit all of the protein shake out. It disgusted me so bad that I physically could not eat because I had that like gagging feeling in my throat the rest of the night. Could not eat when I got home because I was just disgusted because there was and it was like the thing was it was like not a big chunk. It was the most microscopic floaty ever. But I couldn't do it. It fucking grossed me out. I can't. I'm like I um I. Uh, no exactly that is exactly how i feel and when i start actually drinking protein shakes again it'll be the same thing they'll sit in the fridge overnight before i'll drink them because that way all those little chunkies dissolve i i get if i have to make it fresh i have to get out a martini shaker and shake that shit in the martini shaker and then strain it through the top and whatever i don't get i don't get because i just cannot i see them and i cannot drink it i i am that I am not your all. Um, I I cannot. Ugh. No, I can't either. I um I can do like blended in a blender with ice and um milk or with water and ice or frozen fruit or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be a fancy shake. It can just be water and ice, but it has to be blended in a blender. And that's why I just buy the pre-made stuff because I don't have. I'm their energy. Or I blend it up. Like I will mix a scoop of protein powder with like plain Greek yogurt and kind of make a mousse that I can do, but I have to, I have to mix that really, really well. No I can't do there. yogurt. Bad gag. And I see, and normally like there is, there are not many things that I cannot like my mother um would make really weird foods when she was on a kick when we were growing up. And this was before, you know, like now my kid will be like, I, no, I'm not going to eat that. And so I'll make him something else because he is very picky. And that's because he has a food allergy. And so, you know, he's had to, we've had to be picky for him as he's grown up, right? Because when you have an allergy, there are some things that you legitimately cannot have. And so he's very, very picky about eating. And so we will make him something different, especially because like my, what I eat for my needs are different from what he and my husband eat. Right. Um, But when we were growing up, you know, whatever was fixed was what was fixed and that was what you were eating. And so my mom, my mom would go through periods of like being really, really strict with her diet, very much all or nothing. And so I remember when we were growing up, she made this like, it was like a cornbread, but it wasn't a cornbread. It was almost like a souffle, like a bake, but it was like spinach. And I remember it having like a cornbread in it and like cottage cheese and stuff. And it was the weirdest texture. and. By God, we were eating that for dinner or you weren't eating nothing, so... Ugh, cottage cheese, too. Gross. Yeah. Cannot do it. I can't Uh, do it. The worst was spaghetti squash and egg whites, though. Um, And that was one of the ultimate transformations I did. Oh, yeah. No, you want to talk about bad textures and bad gag. That that one outside of the protein shakes, that I couldn't do it. No, I'm literally gagging. That sounds... I've never even put that in my mouth, but that sounds horrible. It was terrible. It was, it's no wonder I lost all this weight on that diet because like we ate, that was what we had for breakfast for two weeks. Mm -hmm. 
uh, egg whites and spaghetti squash. And then like <laughs> dinner, dinner was brown turkey and cauliflower. So like, okay, I could do turkey and cauliflower though. I mean, yeah, I could do ground turkey and cauliflower, but for two weeks, that was what you had for dinner, unless you were on a high carb day and then you got like some potatoes thrown in there. But no wonder, no wonder I lost and got to the lightest I was as an adult. Like, I cannot do, cottage cheese is lumpy in my mouth and that cannot do it. It has nothing to do with flavor. Peaches, cannot eat peaches. They're too slimy. No, thank you. Do you like the peach flavor though? Or just the- Okay, I like peach mango anything will literally make me throw up let me tell you why uh, do, you, do you remember the trident gum and uh-huh. it was like and it was mango whatever and it came in a little rectangle pack yeah you put mango in anything i will instantly gag because it makes me feel like i'm drinking spit from ew, that gum it's <laughs> ruined it for everybody yeah thanks for that cannot um i tried to drink there was this like so you know the um celsius drinks yes so they make flavor like water flavor packets for them now oh and and they still have the caffeine in them but not the bubbles and bubble drinks either do really good things for me or really bad things for me it's one of those things that like it's random so i tried the flavor packets to try to cut down on like carbonated stuff whatever and i got the orange whatever it was like tropical fruity whatever and then there was like Uh a strawberry mango one normally i can do like strawberry mango or banana mango or whatever there was no strawberry all mango and i took a drink of it and i just sat um, there with it in my mouth like i need to spit this out if i swallow it i'm going to throw up because it felt like I had a giant pool of spit in my mouth. Uh, uh, I can't uh, do it. I've gross. tried so many times. And I was, I don't remember who I was telling that to, but I was like, it just makes me think that I'm drinking spit. And I was, <laughs> was it Taylor? And she was like, Quinlan, that's the disgustingest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I cannot do mangoes or mango flavored <laughs> anything because of, and I can't chew that gum anymore because it just, it's like PTSD. I can't do it. So mango, nothing. Can't do peaches. They're too slimy. Pears, they have to be fresh. I cannot do like pears that come in juice. I can't do fruit that comes in juice at all because it's. I'm with you. No, no juicy fruit. Um, fresh yeah, this slimy please. makes me feel like I'm eating. Or frozen. I can do frozen. I can't. Yeah, no. That I sounds have- so stupid. I can't eat grapes that are like like big ones. I ha- can only have small grapes because the te- like too much of that texture in my mouth freaks me out. <laughs> it's like tell me that you're neurodivergent without telling me. I l- there are things I just cannot do or I have to do like bananas. I love the taste of bananas. The mushy feeling in my mouth. And see, I can't do water chestnuts. I feel like you know that how it sounds when fingernails scratch on a chalkboard. Um that's what water chestnuts like feel like in yes, my mouth. Yes, no, you're 100% right. That's the best way I've ever heard. No, I can't do them either. That is the 100% right on the nose how that feels for me. Blech, can't do it. I don't like them. I don't like the baby ears of corn that come in like Asian food. I know some people really love them. And I like corn. I just don't like the, the little baby ones. They have to be cooked um, a certain way. Like if they're too mushy, blech, out. Oh, what else like is there? Anyways, I mean, this has nothing to do with Maddie food, was right? like, my sister, she's like, well, is it just, I can't remember what we were eating. Put it in my mouth, instantly spit it back out in a napkin. I was like, nope, that makes my brain feel not okay. Cannot do this. And Maddie was like, I think it's just mushy things for you. But it's not. I love pudding. I love mashed potatoes. I love ice cream. Those are all kind of mushy. I think it depends mushy. on how, like, if it's a food that you expect to not be mushy, but it is mushy. Yeah. 
I love beans, like um, baked beans or like beans that you would put in chili or whatever. Yeah. I love beans. Those are mushy. It's the weirdest, like, and some people are like, you're a picky eater. And I'm like, it's not that I'm a picky eater. It's just some things don't feel good in my brain and it happens to be foods. And I just, I cannot. Yeah. Blech. Well, I, and I feel like though, you know, cause we were talking, what we were talking about was um, setting boundaries, right? Wasn't that where we started with this food stuff? Yeah. <laughs> And I, but I think that too, like, okay, so if I go to somebody's house, because, you know, when we were, when we were growing up, at least I'm a little bit older than you, you know, cause I'll be 40 next week. And, um, it's so, funny that so many of my friends are turning 40 this year and I'm over here at the ripe age of 25 and 15, 16. Oh, uh, well, you know, that's all right. Age is just a number, but um, <laughs> and either way, like, when we were growing up, you went to somebody's house and if they were serving whatever, you at least took a, a little bit, you know, and, and took a bite of it. Absolutely not. Like that's, that's something now at this point in my life where I'm like, that's the stupidest thing that, not the stupidest thing um, ever, but I absolutely will not make my child do that. Like I will not do that either. You know, if you're serving something, I'm not going to be rude and be like, ew, gross. You right. Know? Like. I will absolutely not. That's a hard line for me um, with food, especially I mm -mm. I'm going to put things into my body that I know either are good for my body or that I really would like to try. Um, not to say that I would have them all the time. You know what I'm saying? But like, right. Um, we took my dad out to for his birthday to this like really swanky steakhouse and they had freaking Japanese Wagyu steak. And I don't know if you like steak, but if I you've not steak. had a freaking Japanese Wagyu steak. They are expensive as fuck. They, I mean, like the most expensive one there is $350 for a steak. Ooh. A lot of money for a damn piece of meat, right? But it is the best steak I've ever eaten. Is it something I would do every week? No. Every month? Absolutely not. Once a year? Maybe. Worth the experience? Yes. Absolutely, 100%. It's delicious. And, you know, the, those sorts of things I think are where it's maybe not the best thing to have and maybe, you know, right. not the very best thing for your body. No, but sure. I'm going to have the experience at least once. Absolutely. Why not? I here's an, <laughs> let's all take our minds out of the gutter when I say this, but I will try anything once. <laughs> and I'm talking about food. You fucking perverts. <laughs> I, I will, even if it's something that like, in my brain, I'm like, I probably am not going to like this just because, like, I am me and I know what kind of textures and stuff. I will still try it one time because maybe the way that, like, this person made it or whatever, I'll like it this way. And then if it's something new that I can add to things that I like, I can be like, oh, how did you make this? How did you prepare this? Like, I'm, I'm a picky eater. I, mm, I'm, it's like I'm a picky eater, but I still try. You know, like, I feel like there are picky eaters out there that are like, Nope, I don't like that. And it's like, have you ever had it before? No, but I already know I'm not going to like it. I'm not that bitch. I will try it one time. Well, and you know, like, we're going on a cruise in May, and I, I, I love cruising. I will try everything on the menu there because, you know what? You don't have to pay for any of your food. You already did. So if you don't like it, you say, okay, sorry, didn't like this. I tried snails last time I was on a cruise. Ooh. I know. But look, you just said you would try anything at least once. 
I know. Um, and I have tried snails before and I just, it was the most traumatic experience. <laughs> they weren't, I mean, these just tasted like garlic and butter to me. I don't know. I like, think there was a mental block, like of the fact that I was eating a snail, but I tried so hard. Cause like I've lived by that. Like I will try it one time. So I used to be like super into goose hunting and duck hunting and stuff. And I, but I, I would goose hunting, but I would never eat them. I could never oh. find a way that I, but I knew people that did like it. And so I would like go hunting and like get the meat for them kind of thing. But I could never find a way that someone would make it that I would like it. It was like real gristly and just, it's a tough meat. Well, that's because from the devil. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I would shoot them. But every time like we would go like to some, this guy's dad's house or this girl, like there was, there wasn't a lot of us girls that hunted, but. You know, we go to her mom's house or her cousin's house or her whatever. Everybody was like, oh, no, you'll like it this way. Let me make it for you. And I cannot tell you how many times I tried to eat goose. Could not do it. It's just not. But then again, it was like, well, I'm at least going to try it. I, I try to be so optimistic because my brother, God bless his soul and God bless his fiance's soul. He is such a picky eater. And he's one of those people that's like, no, I already know I'm not going to like that. I'm not going to try it. Yeah. And see, like, I, I will I will at least try most things. Now, I don't know, like a raw oyster. I don't know. I'm going to try that for you. They just, they have a look that looks like the slimy things that I don't like. Right. Slimy <laughs> things are a no-go for me. Um, right. So, I mean, I within reason, I will try most anything, you know, my husband caught a marlin when we were fishing in Mexico last year, and I tried that fish. It was very good, actually. I don't know that I would try like a squirrel or he went to a he went to this hunter's feast recently. Um, Andy did, and they had he was like they had um hog nuts, and I'm like, do you mean like testicles Ew. from a pig? And like he's like, I don't know, but I tried it. And I was like, ah, okay, no, listen, I take that back. When I said I would try anything once. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, I take, I had a stipulation to my, I'll try anything once. (laughs) He, I mean, he really will try anything once, but anyway, um, I think it's, I think it's good to have those boundaries of whatever it is to, you know, uh, yes, I'll try it, but please don't force me to eat more than a bite or, you know, whatever. Or like people are like, oh no, you didn't dip it in the sauce. Mm, No. The sauce is not going to make a difference. Thank you. <laughs> the sauce is not going to take that texture that I just felt out of my brain. Um, so no, thank you. I hate blue cheese. I can't do blue cheese dressing, blue cheese on anything. Blah. The f- it, first off, blue cheese is just moldy cheese. It is old, it, rotting. I like that moldy cheese. That's okay. You don't have to like the <laughs> cheese that I like. <laughs> Cannot do it. I can. They're mm. just. I don't know. Food is such a weird thing for me. But like I said, I try. Like, I don't want to be the person. This, this, I just look at life like this. Like, I don't ever want to look back and think, well, what if I had done this? Like, do it. And if it was a bad experience, well, then, oh, well. At least you lived it. Now you got a funny story to tell or whatever. Well, and I think that part of that is like being brave, right? Right. For me, you know, I... I actually, I just, uh, a friend just sent me a birthday gift and I opened it up yesterday because I didn't know what it was. It was an Amazon bag. So, hey, here's an Amazon bag. Let me open it. What did I order? I forgot. Right. <laughs> um, and it's a watch band for my Apple watch and it's a Zox band. Um, and you know, they have those like positive sayings on the inside. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and it says today I will not worry on the inside, which is 
absolutely perfect for me because anxiety is like king of my brain. And so like trying to be brave, I think sometimes being brave is like, you know, leaving a bad relationship or moving on from a a loss, whether it be a loss of a friendship, a loss of a marriage through death or through divorce or through whatever, like moving along from that is, is brave. But then also like, like you said, trying, I don't want to live life and go, oh, I wish I had done that. So trying those things that like scare you, you know? Absolutely. And so like, for me, I have been very inspired by Candace actually, and how she has gone through the skin removal surgery. And um, I have been consulting with surgeons to see about doing that for myself in January. That's and it scares me, but it scares me to death. Like surgery, it's a major surgery. Well, any surgery, like the thought of, and I even I was talking to Candace, and I was like, I wonder if they can do this, and like do a spinal and do like, you know, not general anesthesia <laughs> just to date me. And she's like, Kimberly, absolutely not. Right. <laughs> um, she said, absolutely not. Let them knock you out. And I'm like, I'm so, I'm so scared. I've never been put under for anything. I've only ever had a C-section as far as surgical procedures, you know. And then Joe died from post-surgical complications. And granted, his was from a Whipple and cancer surgery I'm and 17 hours under and but it's still like even considering it is scary. Like even saying these words out loud to where people are going to hear them is scary. But I'm trying to be brave. I think too. So like I I have my gallbladder taken out and I remember like and the anesthesiologist comes in to give you like to knock you out basically. She comes in and I'm visibly like I'm shaking so bad. I'm so scared that you can see my hands trembling underneath the blankets. At this point in my life, same thing. I had never been put anything out for anything. And she was like, are you cold? Do you need another blanket? And I was like, first off, you're about to cut me open. Why would you put another blanket on me? Like, the fuck? And I was like, no, I'm terrified. (laughs) And I was like, I know that that little needle in your hand is going to knock me out. And, like, I'm just so scared that I'm not going to wake back up. And she was like... She... I wish I could remember her name. Um, I don't remember much from the day I had my gallbladder taken out, but... She, like, was like, hang on, let me walk you through this. And so she, like, goes over and she puts the syringe on the counter and she starts talking to me, like, this, there's, I'm going to be in the room the whole time and I'm going to be watching your vitals and there's this machine in there that tells me what your oxygen levels are and what your blood pressure is and what your pulse is and, like, da-da-da-da. And she's going over everything and she's like, you are going to feel like you closed your eyes for 10 seconds and you're going to wake back up and it's going to be done and you're not going to know. You're going to have no clue that any of that happened. And I was like, okay. And so she's like, like, she talks me through all this and she's like, do we feel better now? And I'm still shaking, but not as bad. And she's like, I promise you, she's like, you're going to come out of this just fine. And normally she doesn't check back up on her patients. But so she gives me the anesthesia and she goes, I want you to count backwards from 100. I bet you don't make it to 90. And I was like, yeah, right. I'm going to make it to 90. I'll make it to like 50. I'll count the whole damn way backwards from 100. And so they're like, they take me out of the room and they're walking me down the hall. And I'm in the bed, obviously. And they, I remember them opening the OR room and I've never been in an OR room. And so there's like all these lights and all these machines. And the anesthesiologist grabs my hand and she goes, that's the machine I was talking about. And I was like, okay. And she's like, what are you at? And I said, 95. And then I saw like the little stars come into my eyes. And the next thing I know, I'm hearing, Miss Quinlan, it's time for you to wake up, sweetie. 
how do you feel? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just closed my eyes like two seconds ago. And I look over at her and I go, I'm done already? She goes, yeah, it took us about two and a half hours uh, or two hours. We're going to leave you in here for a half hour to recover. And then we'll take you to see my dad took me um, to have my gallbladder taken out. My mom was actually working at that hospital that day. And so dad took me to get the surgery done. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I'm opening my eyes and my dad is on the other side of my bed. And I'm like in a whole different room. Like I'm not back in recovery anymore. I'm back in my hospital room. And I was like, how the fuck did I get here? Right. And so it was like, I, I remember being like so, so scared. And then I look back on it now. So we were, <laughs> we were leaving the hospital and they gave me a blanket wrapped in another blanket to like hold up against my stomach on the way yeah, home. Um, Cause they make like three, two inch cuts on or two, two inch cuts. And then they cut your belly button and, right. Right. and they fill you up with all that air. And so they were like, you know, just put this up against her stomach, put the seatbelt over it. It'll help her control her abdomen on the way home. And they gave me, I asked for an extra blanket because I was cold. I don't remember asking for an extra blanket, but we get in the car and I don't remember this. This is a story that my dad has told me. I started bawling my eyes out. And so he like stops and he's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And that he, he said for a while, like he couldn't even get me to say anything. I was just crying hysterically. And he goes, sis, what's wrong? Like, you're, you're okay. Are you in pain? And I said, no, dad, they're going to take me to jail. And he goes, what? And I said, they're going to take me to jail. I stole this blanket from the hospital. <laughs> and I was, I, I shouldn't laugh. No, it's hilarious. I can't, I still laugh at it. My dad said he busted up laughing for like 20 minutes. He said, I was trying so hard not to laugh at you because you were very distraught. But I thought that I was going to get in trouble. They gave me those blankets. Like, they fully knew I took them from the hospital. I mean, I'm sure we still paid for them. But he uh, he was like, you were very, very upset. And when they got home, when they, like, got me back to my dad's house, they had to get, like, they folded up different blankets because every time I looked at the hospital blankets, I got very, very upset. Oh. Because I thought I had stolen well, them. And that reminds me, like, so like, and I, in, in theory, like I recognize, you know, that like you said, that the, the, the anesthesiologist, you know, told you, you know, you're going to wake up and fine. And like most of the time people do, but there's always that percent. But then at the other part of my brain, like, well, what if I am that percent? What does that do for me? It doesn't do anything to me. It just, I'm a kid, you know? Right. And, but then I also consider the fact that like, as far as my genetics go, you know, my grandmother was 96 when she died. She had hip surgery when she was 80. She had knee replacement when she was 85. Um, she had coils put into her brain because she had a, a bleed in there that wouldn't stop when she was like somewhere between 80 and 90. I don't remember the age. Yeah. And she was fine all of these procedures. So like my mom's had two knee replacements. My dad's had his gallbladder out. Joey freaking had his tonsils taken out when he was five, you know? And so he went under. Genetically, I am predisposed to, I have good genes, I guess. Right. But like, it's funny, you talk about, you know, waking up from anesthesia. Joe had so many different procedures. And I remember he had colonoscopies because, you know, obviously colon cancer. Right. And they weren't colonoscopies, sigmoidoscopies, but whatever. So they blow gas to do the sigmoidoscopy to be able to see or whatever. And he would come up at a, he wasn't even like under general for those. He was just like sedated. Yeah. But he would be waking up from the sedation and he's like, oh, I got to get out of this bed. Oh, I got to get out of this oh, bed. No. I got to get in the bathroom. And then he, well, and he would try and sit up and then he would flop back down. And I'm like, dude, you are going to hurt yourself. Can you just hold 
Yeah. Like, I got to get in the bathroom. I got to get in the bathroom. I was like, you do not have to get in the bathroom. All the colon prep that they give you, I promise you do not have to get in the bathroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you are fine. Um, I got to get in the bathroom. <laughs> and so he would fight and fight and fight me. And then I would get him home and he would go and he would sleep. I don't know, four or five hours. And then he'd wake up and he'd be like, how do we get back home? I'm like, oh, okay, you're back to normal now. Cool. And we did this so many times. Like, it's just, it's funny. Like the stories of people waking up from. I'm very sensitive um, to anesthesia, anesthesia, whatever, apparently. And um, those are the memories that will live on. Oh, I also kept my, so they like put your hair in a cap and it's like really shiny, like bonnet looking thing. And I kept mine. Uh-huh. We got ready to leave the hospital and I was like, can I take this home with me? And they were like, are you sure? You don't want us to throw that? And I was like, no, I think I should keep it. <laughs> and I did. And there cool. there's a box that I have that has just like random like trinkets and things in it. And I still have that bonnet just because I think it's so funny that I so badly wanted to keep it. That is funny. I was like, the other, whatever part of my brain that is that accesses that would be very upset if I threw this away. So I should keep it for her. <laughs> we were like on this topic of being brave. Like, what you and Liz talked about last week was brave. What you talked about the week before was incredibly brave. Still throw up about like, that. Like, well, I mean, the fact that you get on and do this in general is brave. But, like, the more recent weeks, like, just you've been so brave and, like, real and raw and, like, vulnerable. And, like, allowing yourself to be vulnerable like that, I think, is one of the bravest things that people can do. And I, that's, it was funny because I was talking to, it's one of the girls on the team. And I just remember being like, I, cause I don't like, especially people around here, like I don't open up and I don't get vulnerable because I don't like people having such an access to me, Uh my personal life or whatever. And then I'm like, I recorded that episode twice. The first time I felt that it just wasn't, like it wasn't raw enough. I was too vague. And so I deleted it, started over. I couldn't sleep the night before. Like, I was so nervous about even recording the episode. And then I get up the next day, recorded the first one. I was like, that's not enough. Like, if I'm truthfully going to help people with this, like, I've got to be more real. And so I deleted it, re-recorded it, and I slept four hours the night before it posted, or the night that it was it posted. Because I do all my drops at midnight. And so I slept four hours that night and I checked my views like I don't really ever check my views every once in a while I'll get on and like see how they did overall um but I don't uh-huh. ever and I checked like like you were checking to see like if tickets had went on sale to something or like I checked constantly and then the DM started coming in and I was like I don't want to open any of these I don't want to read any of these I I was terrified I still have not listened to that episode like I don't usually listen to my own episodes anyways, like where it's just me. But that one, I definitely will not ever go back and listen to. I think that what you did was very brave. In general, this podcast is brave. But like putting that out there was brave. I think I think Liz and how open she's been about everything that's happened here in her life recently Absolutely. has been very brave. Um, I think that... Choosing to walk with integrity in your life every day can be a very brave thing, especially when choosing to keep your integrity and your truth puts you in a path that is different than the majority. You know what I'm saying? 
I think choosing to open yourself up to dating and the potential for love again after being widowed is brave. Absolutely. I think, you know, choosing to come out as your true and authentic self, whether that means that you are gay or bisexual or transgendered or whatever, I think is very brave, especially if you're in a conservative community or come from close-minded conservative um, family. Yeah. I, you know, trying to be careful with word choice. You know, I think for me personally recently, obviously considering the skin removal surgery is very, very, takes a lot of courage for me to even think about. But the other thing that was brave for me in the last year, since the last time I came on here, maybe, I don't know, maybe not, but leaving my job, leaving my teaching after 15 years was scary as fuck. And it was one of the bravest things I think I've ever done because I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. Right. I mean, I had my family, like, but I didn't have anything lined up. I didn't have savings because as a teacher, you don't get to save your money. Really, you live paycheck to paycheck. Um, And any teacher who's not has somebody else who's working in the background who has an income or came from money, one of the two. Or they live extremely frugally. I guess you could, they could do it that way too. But um, yeah. You know, didn't have money saved up, went and did this career switcher program, posted on freaking social media in January that I had passed my CompTIA and was looking for a job. And now I am working in the best job I have ever worked, working from my house. So I'm able to do what I need to do for my kid and, you know, I'm in a great spot financially. And I just, I am amazed that I am here because, like, Six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, when I decided I was not going back to teaching, I I didn't know this is where we were going to end up. Right. But I think like knowing and honoring your truth in that, like my truth was I couldn't teach anymore. I couldn't do it. And honoring that put me in this spot. So I think listening, being in tune with your own, I don't know. I think recognizing your own needs and then going after them. Mm-hmm. Especially when, like, it's not the normal thing to do. Hey, normal people don't quit a job when they don't have another job. Right. (laughs) Well, like, I just, and I'm not trying to, like, brag on myself or, like, sound cocky or whatever. But around here, like, I blow people's minds. Because I am constantly going around what small town norm is. I go to the gym and I lift heavy and I like to look muscular. And I, I'm... Not that I've lost my filter, but, like, if it's something that I believe in and I stand for, then, like, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. Um, Whatever is going to make the crowd happy. Whatever is going to, like, make me fit in around here better. I don't personally give a fuck what it takes to fit in here because I don't really care. My people are going to love me for who I am. And if that's not you, then that's okay. I'm, I am fine either way. I think that to kind of fall back on the topic of boundaries, setting boundaries with who you allow into your life is brave. Mm-hmm, for sure. Because people, and I did it, I'm very, I'm guilty of it. I tolerated people in my life because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I tolerated letting people say and do whatever they wanted to say or needed me for. I let people use me because it was the safe way to go about things. Mm -hmm. Nobody's feelings got hurt. Nobody could have a bad thing to say about me if I did what everybody wanted me to do. I flipped the switch. I 
decided that like I'm mentally exhausted because I'm trying to make all of these people happy and that's just not it for me. And so then it was like I cut people out of my life. I quit hanging out with certain people. I quit going to certain areas. There are certain like restaurants or bars or whatever that I won't go into because it's not a good environment for me to be in. Like, And it makes some people mad. Some people get really pissed off about it and think that I'm acting like I'm so much better than everybody else or that I'm on this high horse or whatever. And I read a thing the other day. Um, Gosh dang it, what did it say exactly? Something along the lines of like, criticism feels like being called out. What did that say? When you're not ready for it. Go ahead, say it again. It was something like, criticism feels like being called out when you're not ready for it. Or, I can't remember. Gosh dang it, it was so good. There was a friendship in my life that I had to let go of. I had to, and it was very, very hard. But the way that I was being treated, it was like, I, it was one of those friendships that was one-sided. Like, I constantly had to pour Mm -hmm. into it or it didn't exist. Yeah. And this person was already in this mindset of the whole world is against me. And so when it came down to it, and I'm still nice to this person. I still talk to this person. Like, if they truthfully, truthfully needed something and it was like, whatever. I would do that for anybody that's, not anybody, but I would do that for most people that's been in my life. Like, if it were an emergency situation or whatever. And I'm not going to on purposely be mean to somebody. Right. But when it came down to it, I I had to say what the truth was, which was this is a one-sided friendship and I can't I can't do this forever. I cannot just constantly pour into this friendship and run myself ragged trying to make sure that someone else is happy because I'm not happy. And it sounds like I'm like breaking up with a boyfriend or something, but it was like I feel like friendships, when you break up a friendship, it kind of is. It absolutely is. That's what I was getting ready to say. When you have had a friendship with somebody and you have to separate from that friendship, it is like separating from any other relationship. It may not have been romantic. Right. Or bits of your your soul into that relationship. Absolutely, yes. It's like a breakup from anybody else. And you get to grieve those two. That's a yes, that's exactly where I was going. Absolutely, you do. But I, you, I was gonna say, I think that knowing that, you know what, this relationship, I think people are in your life for a reason, a season, or a purpose, a reason, a season, or a purpose, a reason is the same thing, a season or life. But you know that the season that that friendship was supposed to be is is done, and like for whatever purpose or reason that you were friends, it has you've both grown, and maybe you've grown separate directions or maybe you've grown together but it's still time to separate it's okay but recognizing that it's time to separate and then following through with that is very brave I think because like with people you you can say I'm divorcing my spouse right and um you know people will say oh I'm sorry that sucks hard or whatever but how do you say I'm breaking up with my friend like right you know like that's not something that people understand as as well, I guess, or like, well, and then it's why are you making such a big deal about it? And blah 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 blah. blah, blah. And, right. You know, I think that that honoring that truth is is brave and is a a good boundary to have. Like, you can't, you cannot drain yourself to make other people happy. And I did it for years. I was, I'm, I tell everybody, I'm a recovering people pleaser because I just wanted, and that doesn't mean that I still don't want everybody to be happy. Because everybody deserves to be happy, I think. Like Right. But I don't have to be the one that makes them happy. Correct. 
And you can also, I, I hate to say like tear your friendships, but. No, absolutely tear your friendships. But like, well, I just, I feel like there's better wording for that. But so here's the way that Jack said it was, and I, this has stuck with me. Jack said this very, very early on in our friendship. And it has stuck with me since is that if you think about a tree and you cut it in half and it has all those rings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People fit into those rings. And the closer that they fit, the closer of the rings that they get, the closer to you that they get. But not everybody deserves a right to be in that center ring. Well, I mean, you can have people who are like, I I can think about people, you know, it's funny. I'm sure that there are people who think that they are closer to me than I perceive them to be. You know what I'm saying? Like they might think I'm super close to them or whatever. Like you're just, not to say you're just, uh, because that sounds terrible, but you're a person in my life, but you may not be one of those people who I... And who are even in my tree. Right. You, you might just, I am one of the strengths that I have is the ability to, um, to listen. And, um, I don't mind being an ear, being a whatever, um, if I have the time and, you know, energy to, to help because I am a, I am a helper. Um, it's (laughs) the way I've gotten into the career paths that I've gotten to all of the, all of the careers I have had have had have been helping in one capacity or another. Mm-hmm. But I am careful with who I give access to what parts of my life. Yes, you know I have a I have a inner circle of friends, and then I have a like the tree trunk, as it were, and then I have some branches, and then I have some people who might be some leaves, and <laughs> maybe somebody's a bird who comes and perches in the right. tree every once in a while. Um, ain't no squirrels in my tree, though. Um, <laughs> they don't get to live there. Uh, but I think, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard being able to limit, not limit yourself, but like to limit the people who do have access to you because here's the thing if you don't then those people are just it's just gonna drain you and then you know i feel like the theme of these last couple episodes have been like healing and getting better and doing better things for yourself you can't get better if you keep letting people drain from you when you don't have anything to pour out oh a hundred percent you can't you and that it doesn't make you a bad person to set boundaries with people and the people that get offended are unhealthy themselves A hundred percent. And, you know, I think it's very interesting to see what people want from you um, and how there are some people who only come around when they need something from you Mm, and aren't able to help, not even necessarily help, because I don't know that it's necessarily anybody's job to quote unquote help. Right. Like we're all grown folks. Help yourself. But that sounds very uncaring. But, you know, like if if. For instance, one of my big things is like food, right? Um, We've talked about that plenty today, but I don't expect for my friends to monitor my food intake. Like even if they know that, you know, food is a thing for me, I don't need you to come up with a place where we can go where I'm going to not be tempted to eat bad choices or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's not your job as my friend. But there are some people who expect the people around them to do that stuff, which boggles my whole mind. I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I know you did, too. It was funny. It was what we needed. It was lighthearted. We laughed a lot, got a little bit serious, but that's okay, because like every episode should have some kind of seriousness to it. Right. 
and yeah next week a lot of the same stuff more conversation um more being funny a little some serious stuff here and there but you know like that is the chaos that is this podcast and that's why you love it so fucking much guys i genuinely 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 thank you like from the bottom of my heart every single week numbers are going up ratings are going up like this is actually becoming something and it's still so wild to me because i just like record a podcast in my room and talk to my friends and it it's blowing up every single week like it even if it's a two percent increase like there's some kind of increase and it's because of you guys my faithful um followers faithful listeners faithful that's it my faithful listeners always share and tag on instagram i will reshare and there's gonna there's some cool things happening like there's a rumor going around about like merch and stuff coming so you might want to like be paying attention for that guys you know the rules here at deadlifts and daddy issues it is main character energy only you are the author of your own book as well as the main character and you get to make it whatever you want so live each day like it's a new chapter and make it the best thing ever and i know that's easier said than done but i'm here to encourage you and love you and remind you that it is about you my kings my queens my everything in betweens i love you with all of my heart i truthfully hope that you have a fantastic week and i will see you hear you be with you listen with you whatever i'm supposed to say next week it's me and kim again we're going don't forget about goddesses coming up don't forget to buy a fundraiser t-shirt don't forget to like love and support you know it's a big deal for us you know big things are coming with that i think that's everything i'm supposed to say in an outro one of these days i'll get like really professional with this and there'll be like a really good professional intro and a really good professional outro but that day is not today nor is it any day soon but it'll happen it like you know eventually we'll get there but you guys like the cringy stuff so i don't know maybe i'll just keep being a cringy weirdo and acting like that's not how i actually am in person it's just on a podcast All right, guys, next week, me and Kim, more of the same, but you know you'll be back because you love me and I love you. I will see you in the thing next week. All right. All right. Goodbye.